Adeline Swift was on a call with the features editor of Woman Now when the letter was pushed through the door of her apartment. The thing is, Erin was saying, your advice column has the highest readership of any section of the magazine. People really seem to connect with it, with you. The market research we did recently suggests that 70% of people would rather ask you for advice than their best friend. (laughs) Can you believe that? Yes, she could believe that. Few people reached adulthood without suffering some degree of emotional hangover from the past. Hurt, resentment, shame... Disappointment, grief, regret, life left scars, and you had to find a way to live with those scars. Some people chose denial as a strategy. Ignore it, leave it in the past, move on. Others confronted those emotions and spent hours in therapy trying to understand how the past affected the present in the hope of reaching a point of acceptance. Most just struggled along by themselves, striding and occasionally stumbling, handling the ups and downs of life as best they could. After a few too many drinks, they might confide in a friend, but more often than not, they'd stay silent because revealing those deep secrets and fears, those most personal parts of yourself, was a risk. It said... This is who I really am, instead of, this is who I'm pretending to be. It was those people, alone with their fears, who often wrote to Adeline. Dear Dr. Swift, they poured out their problems in the hope that in a few well-chosen words, she would help them resolve their crisis or at least feel better about their situation. Adeline delivered calm analysis, sympathy, and the occasional pep talk. She employed a mix of empathy, experience, and plain speaking when crafting her answers. It was a combination that worked for people. She fulfilled the role of a sympathetic stranger, someone who would listen without judgment, and respect anonymity. But that role meant she existed in a world of problems. In her working day, she was buffeted by the challenges of life, drenched in the pain of others, required to ponder at length on everything from infidelity to unemployment. When people asked how she coped with it, she pointed out that it was easy to cope with a drama that wasn't your own, When the drama was hers, that was different. She stared at the envelope. It rested innocently on the floor, dazzling white against wide oak planks. Even without picking it up, she could see that the paper was high quality and embossed. Her name and address were written out in a bold script that was instantly recognizable. Her heart beat a little faster. Emotions rushed her, buffeting her like a gust of wind. She placed her hand on her diaphragm and forced herself to breathe slowly. 
She was an adult with her own life, a good life. And yet this small inanimate object had ruined the calm of her day. And she hadn't even opened it yet. Her first impulse was to tear it up without opening it, but that would be immature, and she tried very hard not to be immature and to always exercise self-control. She tried to be the person she pretended to be in her advice column. Adeline, Erin's voice wafted into her conscious. Are you still there? Yes, still here. I'm listening, but her focus wasn't on Erin. She should open the envelope right now, or she could simply drop it into the recycling without opening it. She imagined what Dr. Swift would have to say about that approach. Avoidance. With a sigh, she picked it up. She could put it to one side and open it later, but then she'd be thinking about it all afternoon. If she was advising someone in this situation, she'd say that no good ever came from delaying the inevitable and that the anticipation was often worse than the reality. That no matter what lay inside the envelope, she had the tools and mental fortitude to handle it. Did she, though? Still holding the envelope, she walked across her apartment, opened the French doors, and stepped onto her small balcony. The tension in her neck and shoulders drained away. She breathed in the rich scent of honeysuckle, the sweetness of jasmine. Bees hummed around slender spikes of purple lavender. The space was small, but she'd chosen the plants carefully, and the end result was an explosion of bloom and color that felt like an oasis of calm in the busy, noisy city she'd made her home. She loved London, but she appreciated being able to retreat from the blare of car horns, the crush of people and the frenetic pace. Sometimes it felt to her as if everyone was living their lives on fast forward. In creating her balcony garden, she'd followed the advice she'd given to a reader who had moved to the city from a rural area and was struggling with anxiety as a result. Adeline had interviewed a horticulturist and compiled her answer accordingly. Dear Sad in the City, you may not live in the country, but you can still welcome nature into your life. A few well-chosen houseplants can add calm to the smallest living space, and a pot of fragrant herbs grown on a sunny windowsill will bring a touch of the Mediterranean into your home and into your cooking. After she'd finished researching her answer, she'd gone out and purchased plants for herself, acting on the advice she'd just given her reader. She'd also written two features for other publications on the same topic. It was how she made her living. She'd trained as a clinical psychologist and had been in practice for six months when a chance meeting with a journalist had resulted in a request to give an interview on a morning chat show on managing stress in the workplace. 
That interview had led to more requests, which in turn had led to a writing career that she enjoyed more than practicing as a psychologist. Writing enabled her to maintain a level of detachment that had been missing when she'd seen clients face to face. Adeline preferred to be detached. She put the envelope down on the small table and forced herself to concentrate on the conversation. I'm glad the advice column is working out, Erin. She was glad, and not only because the column kept her profile high and led to more work than she could handle. The popularity of the column pleased her. It was gratifying to know that people were finding it useful. She knew how it felt to be lost and confused. She knew how it felt to struggle with emotions that were too ugly and uncomfortable for public display. She knew how it felt to be alone, to be drowning with no lifeboat in sight, to be falling with no cushion to soften the landing. If the skills she'd learned to help herself could be used to help another person, then she was satisfied. When she was writing her column, she thought of herself not as a psychologist, but as a trusted best friend, someone who would tell you the truth. The one truth she never shared was that there were some hurts that no therapist in the world could heal. That knowledge she kept to herself. People assumed she had her own life sorted, and she had no intention of destroying that image. It would hardly fill people with confidence if they knew she was wrestling with problems of her own. Good? It's better than good. Erin was buoyant, euphoric, proud, because she was the one who had originally had the idea for the Dr. Swift Says column. You're a hit, Adeline. The suits want to give you more space. Adeline deadheaded a geranium and removed a couple of dead leaves. More space? Yes! Instead of answering one question in depth, we were thinking four. Adeline frowned. It's important to give a full answer. If someone is desperate, then they need empathy and a full response. They don't need to be brushed aside with a few lines of platitudes. You wouldn't be capable of producing an answer that wasn't empathetic. It's your gift. You write so beautifully. I suppose in that way, you're like your mother. Adeline clenched her hand around the leaves. I'm nothing like my mother. No, of course you're not. What you write is totally different. But Adeline, this is huge. I don't need to tell you what's happening to freelance journalists right now. Everyone is scrabbling for a slice of a shrinking pie, and here you are being offered a big fat slice of your own. Uh, they'll pay you, obviously. She was nothing like her mother. Nothing. Her mother's life was one big romantic fantasy, whereas hers was firmly rooted in reality. And more work was definitely reality.
did she want to do it? Money was important up to a point, but so was work-life balance. Even though she mostly worked from home, she set clear boundaries. The first half of the week, she focused on her advice column. Thursdays were set aside for her freelance work. Friday mornings were spent catching up on admin, and then, at two o'clock precisely, she switched off her work laptop and went swimming. She swam exactly a hundred lengths, loosening up her muscles and washing away the tension of the week. After that, she walked to the local market and picked up fresh fruit and veg for the weekend. Saturday and Sunday were entirely her own. She intended to keep it that way. And maybe her life wasn't exciting, exactly, but it was steady and predictable, and that was the way she liked it. Did she have time to expand the column? Yes. Did she want to expand the column? Maybe. I'd want full editorial control. She bent down and tested the moisture of the soil in one of the planters. I don't want my answers edited. As long as you keep the page within the word count, that won't be a problem. I choose the letters I answer. Goes without saying. I'll think about it. Thank you. Have a good weekend, Erin. She ended the call and finally faced the only letter that mattered to her right now. She picked it up and opened the envelope carefully. In these days of emails and messaging, only her mother still wrote to her. Adeline pictured her seated at her glass-top desk in the villa, reaching for her favourite pen. The ink had to be exactly the right shade of blue. She pulled out the pages and smoothed them. Dearest Adeline. She winced. Everything about her mother was overblown, flowery, exaggerated. The endearment held as much meaning as one of those ridiculous air kisses that people gave each other. I'm writing because I have some exciting news that I wanted to share with you. I'm getting married again.